This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Tis the season to load up on Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. I've personally always found it quite difficult to shop for the men in my life, and I am so happy to have discovered Manscaped, which is truly a one-stop shop for gifts for your partner, friends, father, or brother this holiday season. Manscaped offers products they will actually use. In our homes, we love the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner and the body wash that is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep his skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. It smells so good that we know you are going to want to use it too. A gift that we will personally be sharing with the men in our lives is the Performance Package 4.0 and Peak Hygiene Plan, which includes the popular ear and nose hair trimmer, the Lawnmower Electric Body Trimmer, which is also waterproof and can be used in the shower, and the Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant among other much-loved products. And as a special offer right now, they're also including their anti-chafing boxers and a travel bag in this package. You can shop all of Manscaped items individually too and find the perfect gift that is unique to your partner, brother, father, and friends. Manscaped's mission is to make a more open and confident male culture that results in guys being way more proactive around self-care and health. They've partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society, a nonprofit organization to raise awareness about the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and provide help and support to fighters, survivors, and caregivers. We love a gift that also supports an important cause. If you want to shop Manscaped this holiday season, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code CWPODCAST at checkout when visiting manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code CWPODCAST. Happy holiday shopping. You can also find this information in our show notes and CWPODCAST is one word. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s. And Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey. We created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness, and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi guys, before we get to today's episode, we want to share how excited we are to offer our community 20% off their first order at Sakara with code XO courageous. We have been big fans of the company for years and the Sakara life organic meal delivery program is based on a whole food plant rich diet that includes fresh nutrient dense and delicious ingredients. It's perfect for those weeks. You need a refresh or don't have time to meal prep. 
They also have a clean boutique, which offers delicious food forward bars, snacks, beauty water drops, and my personal favorite metabolism super powder, which works to fire up your metabolism, stabilize blood sugar, eliminate bloat and decrease puffiness. The naturally rich low sugar, dark chocolate flavor is perfect for smoothies or simply mixed with coffee and nut milk. I also regularly use the Sakar cookbook full of plant-rich recipes, which you can purchase on their website. Click the link in our show notes to visit sakara.com and use code XOCourageous for 20% off your first order. We know you will love it as much as we do. Now onto the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. We have a wonderful episode today with Amy White that we both really, really enjoyed and gained so much from. Amy is so grounded and so wonderful, and we are excited for you to hear it. But before we get into this episode, as always, we're going to share what is new with us, what we're enjoying. And I'll kick us off, Allie, because right now, I know it's just the first week of November, but I am in full holiday mode. I am listening to Christmas music. Starbucks Christmas cups are out. I, I am in the Christmas spirit. And while I will not decorate until the day before Thanksgiving, I do decorate the day before Thanksgiving because I believe that Thanksgiving is a Christmas holiday. Also, I should note that I'm Jewish and Buddhist, but I love Christmas just to give context for all of our, um, Jewish or non-Christmas celebrating listeners, but I, I love Christmas. So, um, I'm still, it's hard. Cause I'm like, I also love fall. So I'm like torn with like, I just want to watch you've got mail and my pumpkins are out, but Christmas music is also playing. So yeah, that's kind of my update. That's where I'm at. I've also started my holiday shopping. And if you guys just heard, we have an incredible new sponsor manscaped and they are definitely where I'm getting all the men in my life, um, holiday gifts. And my husband, Jeff is already enjoying their products. So definitely check out manscaped. If you are starting your holiday shopping this month, um, we love it and we can't recommend it enough. Um, and you can check all that out in our show notes, but yeah, like holding on to fall, but like also very excited for the Christmas season and listening to all the Christmas music and very happy about that. What Erica's, about you, Allie? I was going to say, Erica's like every year is like my personal buddy, the elf. She gets, you know, she's the one to initiate any sort of like holiday cheer early and eagerly. And it's really fun. And, um, yeah, um, it's fun to have you around at this time of year, especially because you just embrace it. And, um, I love so much that you're my favorite Jewish Buddhist who loves Christmas more than anybody I've ever met. So. I love it. <laughs> So much. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously it's, like the commercial side of it, but, but you yeah. do embrace the spirit. I do commercial Christmas, Santa Claus and all. Um, what about you, Allie? Yeah. Um, I'm not there yet. I will get there, but I, I take my time with, uh, you know, moving through November and Thanksgiving before I kind of go into that, uh, holiday mode. Um, yeah, I'm just enjoying the air getting a little cooler, even in Southern California. It's a little, it's been a little bit gray, which is, you know, I don't mind gray when it's raining, but it, it rarely rains here. Um, but you can definitely feel that adjustment in the season. We have like two seasons in, in LA. It's sort of like summer and then not summer. 
it's like, you know, summer light. Um, yeah, I've just been, uh, I've been trying to create more variety in like my movement from like, if we're, you know, talking about what's going on in our lives. So I recently started, I found a jump rope that I had in my house and I recently started, um, jumping rope and it like took a second to get back into the swing of it. Cause I don't think I've done it in like 20 years, but, um, probably more, but it's like really good exercise that you can do for a really short period of time and get that heart rate, like super elevated. And, um, Amanda Klutz does it. She's, I think most people probably know who she is, but she's, um, a host on the show, um, the talk, I believe she's on dancing with the stars right now. She's a fitness instructor and she's, um, also a widow who went through, just recently wrote a book, went through losing her husband, who was a Broadway performer, Nick Cordero to uh, COVID last year. So she's had quite, quite the year. But, um, one thing I admire about her as a, a fitness professional and an ex dancer is that like, no matter what she always does like 10 minutes a day of, jump roping. Cause it's easy. You can bring it anywhere. And I was like, kind of inspired to try that from her. So mm. I can't do 10 minutes straight yet by no means, but I I'm working between like three and five and I'll work my way up. That's so inspiring. You're inspiring me to get a jump rope. Yeah. I didn't even realize I had one, but I did. I was like going through, I have like a cabinet with, you know, weights and stuff like that. And I was going through, I was like, what's in here. Sometimes it's good to take inventory of what's in cabinets, you know? Um, and I started weightlifting again too. I'm just really, I just really want to feel strong. And I, although I've been doing like yoga in my life and working back up strength in that way, um, you know, Erica and I went through a period of time where we were doing this thing called base camp only like two to three days a week, if that. And I had never felt stronger to be honest. And it, it was incorporating, um, a lot of weight training with some hit stuff, some bike bicycling. And, um, it was really fun. It was only like 35 minutes and just so unbelievable what you can achieve in such a short period of time and the, and what it does for my energy levels. And, yeah. You know, as health coaches, we also talk about like, um, energy storage and balancing blood sugar, but you know, our muscles are, um, places where we are able to store energy, literally calories that we can consume get stored in our muscles. So the more muscle you have, um, sort of like the better it can support your metabolic health. And so that's something I'm just trying to challenge myself with. Very cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love a good 35, 30 minute workout. That's my sweet spot too. I'm trying to do that, um, more consistently, you know, to be Um, honest, I don't have, unless I like literally go to a yoga class, I don't have, um, like when I'm doing a personal workout, like by myself, rather than being locked in a room with a teacher for an hour that I've signed up for, I just don't have the mental capacity to like yeah. make myself do anything longer than that. And we don't need to No, so. who does it's no. especially because the science is there and you yeah. don't need to. So it's much more enjoyable. Even I have a spin bike and I've been doing just the 30 minute classes. Mm. They have like 20, 30, 45, 90. Um, oh gosh. I don't think, yeah, I 30 minutes, 30 is my, my 90 minutes too. are days, days gone past yeah. <laughs> days in the past. A log. I was like, I can't believe I ever ago. did that in person. I used to do, um, 
like the New Year's rides or, you know, the turkey burn rides. Yeah. I they were fun. Not yeah, I loved it, but I know 30 minutes anymore. But I'm in my 30s now and I gotta sustain and continue and you know, it's my, it's warm. It's my happy place, but I'm influenced to get a jump rope. You've definitely influenced me today. Um, yeah, it's fun too. It's a fun thing. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. To jump. (laughs) It's like, it's a really fun thing. I used to love jump roping as a kid. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but we do have a great episode, so we should probably no longer digress. You want to get to Amy's intro? Yes, let's do it. Let's kick us off Allie. Okay. So today on the podcast, we are sitting down with Amy White. Amy is an international best-selling author, highly sought after speaker and intuitive medium on a mission to help individuals heal the past, discover personal truths and thrive. Amy's one-on-one coaching, digital courses, and public talks allow audiences to gain a deeper understanding of the beliefs that are blocking their most authentic lives. Her insights and techniques help usher in big, bold changes and more subtle aha moments that lead us closer toward our dreams. A once reluctant medium, Amy now embraces her innate intuitive gifts and has made it her intent to show up in the world as a truth teller by bringing forward powerful messages for personal transformation. Besides being an intuitive coach and medium, Amy has spent more than 20 years working with both Fortune 100 companies and small to medium-sized businesses. We have a wonderful conversation with Amy on her personal journey as a once reluctant medium, and she shares guidance and advice to our listeners today on how we can all create a deeper connection with self. Enjoy the episode. This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand that offers a wide variety of non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products that will make you feel nourished inside and out. And for our local to Los Angeles listeners, Milk and Honey has the most beautiful spa that just opened. I recently had a massage at their brand new Brentwood, Los Angeles location, and I really recommend it. We are so happy that Milk and Honey Spas are now in LA after being the go-to spa with multiple locations in Texas. They offer facials, body treatments, massages, and lots more at their beautiful new space. Yes, I am about to book a treatment too, and I can't wait to check it out. I'm just so happy to have a spa that I can fully trust in our area now. And for all of our listeners, their online boutique offers products from the Milk and Honey line and from other top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. Some of our favorite products include Milk and Honey's Baking Soda Free Aluminum Free Deodorant and Lavender Tea Tree, which I have been exclusively using for years. And I also love Milk and Honey's gel cleanser and Osea's body oil and Vegas nerve oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. If you want to try milk and honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CW podcast, one word at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by our health coaching subscription service on Patreon. 
The Courageous Wellness Collective has expanded on Patreon to bring our listeners and clients an all-access accessible platform to educate, inform, and create nutrition and lifestyle habits to meet your personal goals. For $8.99 a month, patrons will receive weekly video content on topics ranging from blood sugar stabilization, gut health, hormone balance, energy, sleep, skin health, how to shop the grocery store, pantry staples, and much more. Included, you'll also receive access to monthly virtual webinars, recipes, and special guest content too. With this subscription, you are guaranteed at least four pieces of fresh health coaching content each month. To learn more and become a patron, visit www.patreon.com slash courageous wellness, or check out our show notes. We look forward to welcoming you to our coaching community. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for Um, having me here. Yeah. exciting. We're looking forward to having this conversation with you just to get us started. And for our listeners, can you share a little bit about your personal story, your personal journey, and how that's now led to the work that you do? Oh, wow. How long do we have? (laughs) (laughs) I would really, honestly, if I, you know, could look at my whole story, my whole journey, it is, was certainly not linear. You know, I started, um, I actually started my career in technology and for a really long time, that was what felt like, and really was my passion and my purpose. Um, but I knew that there was, there was more, I knew, you know, I always knew I was intuitive though, when I was a very young child, I shut that part of me down. Um, my family of origin, I must have been walking around kind of really wide open to all of it, you know, as a young child and my family of origin, like the messaging was, this is bad. You can't talk to, you know, God through anyone but the church. And if you do, you're actually inviting evil and bad into the family. And so even as a young child, I was like, nope shut the door, not, not even going to glimpse over at this aspect of me at all. But as I was moving through my corporate career, I realized that I knew things that I didn't quite know how I knew. And I always um, kind of credited it as having really good, you know, business street smarts and gut instinct. But the more I got into it, especially as I was leading teams and coaching. I did a side hustle coaching business for a while. And I realized there's something deeper there. And it really just became this very organic unfolding of exploration. You know, what is this? I sense and feel that there's something more here. How do I know what I know when I don't know how I know it? Um, And it it really just, it, it forced me in lots of ways to look at my old stories and my patterns and where was I afraid and what was I, you know, what was I doing to deny an aspect of myself that really is such a true part of who I am. So fast forward um, back to around 2014. And I realized that I had climbed to the top rung of my corporate career, looked around and went, the ladder is completely against the wrong wall. You know, I had purposefully and methodically climbed the ladder, you know, rung by rung by rung. And it just, I knew at that point that this wasn't what I was being called to do. Um, So I took a huge leap of faith, quit my corporate job with two weeks notice and no safety net and realized 
you know, my soul was going to lead me to what the next thing and the next thing and the next thing was. And, and thankfully, over the course of all of these years of exploration and working my way through my corporate job, I, I found that I had really learned to trust my intuition. And so I knew I was being guided, even if I didn't know where I was being guided. And, and so I was able to take that leap um, it was scary. I'm not saying it wasn't scary, <laughs> but I was able to take that leap and I thought, great, I'll take this coaching practice and I'll make this my full-time practice. And then really within like six months, I had written a book, co-written a book, launched my business, moved from the East coast to the West coast. It was like when I made the decision to leave my corporate job and really explore what my soul was pulling me towards the floodgates opened. And then slowly, but surely this coaching practice morphed into the intuitive mediumship channeling work that I do today. So it really has been a long, <laughs> it has been a long journey, a lifetime journey, at least my adult life um, of getting to this place. Yeah. I think that's really inspiring for so many of us to hear because it is a beautiful, not linear journey. And I'm so curious because you mentioned, right, that experience as a child. And I think a lot of people have those experiences, right? Kids are so open. And so you maybe smell things, hear things, see things, and you're immediately told to shut it off, shut it down. It's scary. So how then as an adult, like you said, as your coaching practice, then how did your coaching practice morph into your channeling and mediumship? And how did you then start to not be afraid of these things that were coming up again? Such great questions. Um, I think, well, first of all, when I started my coaching practice, it was, it was kind of a side hustle that was born out of my corporate role where I had to come up with a developmental uh, action for the year, right? You know, as part of my performance review. And I said, oh, why don't I take a coaching certification? You know, and so I, I went through that and I brought that coaching work into my organization and I realized how much I loved it. But I also realized that I was good at it, like really good at it in ways that I couldn't really fully comprehend. And so that's, that's when I started to do the exploration of like, well, what is really happening? This, this knowing what I know and, and not really sure how, but it allowed me to be very, um, it allowed me to really help my clients because I was guiding and, 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 um, influencing in positive ways, the experience of the coaching session that was really truly based on what was coming from and through my clients. But I never, I still, I really couldn't like own it publicly. So I would just sort of, you know, do this little, I would do little tarot readings ahead of my sessions and I would, you know, into it, into what the client needed most from the session, but I would never really say it out loud. And then I had one long-term client who somehow at the end of the session, it slipped that, oh, I pulled some tarot cards for you before the session. And she said, well, what did it say? You know, what was the message? And so I did a little mini reading and she said the words that like were both a gut punch and the, and the huge door opener for me. She said, why aren't you doing this work? And I was like, mic drop. Um, and, and it really was that point where I was like, I, I need to, I need to embrace it because more and more 
what was happening around me as this evolution of my practice was, was happening was this knocking on my soul. You know, there's more here and it's great that you're using it to support your clients, but you're denying a part of yourself. Um, that, that really, it, it, it was a really both hard and beautiful awakening for me to say, okay, if I'm willing to do this, I also need to face sort of these old stories that I've been telling myself about how I can somehow, I'm going to, I've still held this belief about bringing bad onto my family. And I couldn't even bear that thought that something that I'm doing in, in my life could harm someone else. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's a big, um, probably a big, like internal hurdle to get through, but also in the way that you're speaking about this, I think that a lot of people can relate, even if it's about something else. So like, maybe it's not coming to terms with having the gift of, you know, mediumship, but maybe it's something, this idea of like stories or belief sets that we're supposed to behave in a certain way in order to have a certain outcome or, or to fulfill certain responsibilities for our family or whatever that might be, but, or, and at the same time, it's blocking off a part of living authentically for oneself. And so as you awoken, as you woken to this aspect of yourself and felt these sort of like encouragement, maybe through clients or, um, how did you slowly start to give yourself permission to change, I guess your belief or, or that early belief, that childhood belief about the, the aspect of like bad can come from that? Well, I, you know, I really love and I live by the saying that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm. And so as you know, in, in beautiful synchronicity, even before I left my corporate work and when I was really just starting to explore the intuitive part of the coaching, people started to show up, you know, people, teachers, healers, guides that were in the physical here, right. That could help me to start to unravel slowly and safely these beliefs, you know, but it was also, I had this ginormous knocking on my soul. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, uh, it was just like constantly knock, knock, knock. There's more here. And you're really being asked to step into this. Mm -hmm. And so it was in that space of being willing to just take that first baby step and then watching all of the collaborative components sort of come in to my experience. And one of the things I love about that saying, when the student is ready, the teacher appears is recently I heard the second part of that, which is, and when the student is really ready, the teacher disappears. And so I had this sort of like flowing, you know, uh, expanding and contracting of people and situations and experiences coming in to sort of help bring me to that next mile marker. And then they would fall away and I would do the exploring on my own. And then when I got to another sort of wall, right, someone else or something else would show up. So it really was this very organic, slow unfolding, which, which I needed. Mm -hmm. I needed because it gave me the sense that I could trust little, little by little, by little, by little, bite by bite, as opposed to sort of ripping off the bandaid and saying, I'm just going to embrace this, you know, all of these gifts 
Cause I think, you know, I, I'm not sure how physically and mentally, spiritually, all of it, I would have responded if that were the only path that I knew to be mm. my truth. Right. Um, it is one of the most beautiful things, this relationship that I have with my inner being, with my source being is that she gets me and she's helped, you know, she and I work together on all of this. You know, one of the things that I've called myself not, not so much anymore, but I've called myself for a very long time as a reluctant medium. (laughs) So I was able to really embrace the intuitive side of me and the fact that I was reading energy and channeling energy. But when my guides source came to me and said, all right, we want you to do mediumship. I was like, absolutely positively no way I'm talking to dead people. (laughs) And I was just like that, you know, and I'm like, my guides are laughing now because I just had this really beautiful mediumship reading um, a little Mm -hmm. while ago. Um, But it was funny because I was like, nope, no way. Nope, not happening. And so I entered into like this three-year negotiation with source, like legit I would say no, my guides would go, okay. And then I'd get a knocking, you know, sometime down the road. And I'd be like, I'm not chasing people through the grocery store to give a message from a dead loved one. I'm not, you know, and they're like, okay, so what would it look like? And I was like, oh, okay. You know, and then I'm, you know, so I had kind of had all of these requirements. If I'm going to do this work, I need to have these great boundaries. I want to be the one that calls in the soul so that I can walk around the planet and not be meeting every, every person's, you know, uh, crossed over, you know, friends and family, but also I could see right away in the mediumship space, a line of souls that Mm -hmm. didn't, you know, necessarily have anybody, anything to do with anybody that I was coming into contact with, but it was like, Ooh, there's a portal that we can, you know, communicate through. So I wanted to make sure that wasn't all of my experience. Mm. One thing I learned early on for me personally was that I'm here on this planet to learn how to be human. And so, and I knew, and I've known that. And so the idea of having this work be all consuming, which was an old story of mine too. Like I had to go 125% into it. Um, It didn't feel right. And so So three years of back and forth. And finally I said, okay, you know, if these things are in place, I I'm willing to expand my work into this arena. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, it's just really interesting and wondrous the way that we, we really do have this co-creative energy and power and authority over this life experience. It's not just happening to us. And it's not just happening for us, it's happening with us, like soul and human together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really, um, I really vibe and believe in so much of what you're saying. And, um, I'm so curious how you channel, is it through like sight, smell, uh, hearing, like how does your channeling process work and how, are you now able to like work? How can it help yourself and others move through blocks Mm -hmm. in their life? Yeah. So I I guess just to even step back a little bit and say that while I call myself an intuitive medium, an intuitive coach, a psychic, a channel, you know, a medium of, uh, you know, consciousness uh, supporter, 
um, truth bomb dropper. Um, it's all channeling. So whether I'm doing mediumship work or whether I'm channeling the wisdom of the greater consciousness or whether I'm, you know, reading energy, it's really all channeling. And it's, it, it comes the best that I can describe it because it really is such a, it's so built into my system that I, it's hard to break it down. But I would say that most, most of the work that I do comes through as feeling or energy. It comes in as energy. My brain does some kind of translation and it comes out. Um, I don't think about it. I don't have to process it. Um, it just, it just happens. It's automatic. And so, um, I do hear words. I do see images, but not in the way that we see with our physical eyes, but it, the only way I can describe it is like in the back of my head, <laughs> you know, but I can describe people, um, you know, looks, photographs, situations, you know, very visually even though I'm not seeing it with my eyes, but primarily it's this energy feeling translation into words that happens when I'm channeling. Is it easy for you when you're in that like place to decipher what is your own versus what you're sort of channeling? Completely, completely. Okay. So actually it's the, the best way I can describe it is it's different vibrations. So the greater consciousness, which is a group of energy beings that, that describe themselves as all of the wisdom that ever was, all of the wisdom that will ever be, and all of the wisdom that's here right now in this time and space in every living being. So in essence, they describe themselves as the intimate, infinite wisdom that lives within each one of us. When they're, when I'm channeling their wisdom, when I'm channeling their energy, it's a different vibration than when I'm channeling my guides or when I'm channeling someone else's guides, or when I'm channeling uh, a loved one or someone who's now in the non-physical. And it's, it's just, and again, it's very automatic for me. I just know that it's who, like where, what energy is, is coming through at the moment. Yeah, no. And this is, sorry, we have so many questions. I'm just oh, so interested. <laughs> and this is, um, it's something I'm very interested in, but it's also newer to me as well. Um, especially in the unpacking of it. But when you talk about guides, are our guides just loved ones who have passed away or could our guides be people we've never met? Like what exactly are our guides and how do we tap into them a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Great question. I would say, um, I mean, certainly our loved ones or friends, you know, that were once in the physical that have, are now in the non-physical can come in and be guides for us. The way that I'm shown is that we all have a guide that's, that's never been in human form. Um, that is with us from the moment we take our breath when our soul and body sort of come together at birth until the time that we take our last breath and transition into the non-physical. Now in, in and out of our life experience, other guides can come in depending on where we are, what we're, what we're experiencing, how we're, how we're looking at our own evolution, you know, and the things that are showing up in that space, other, other guides can come in for supportive reasons. They actually have, like, there's a hierarchy of guides from what they're showing me. And so some come in more as the warrior, you know, sort of protectors, some come more as the, you know, sort of the, 
if you can think of it as like angel on your shoulder idea, right? Where they're kind of helping to give you direction. Um, the easiest way that I have found to connect to our guides is um, I, when I first did it, it was just sitting in meditation and saying, I know you're there, right? That much I, I trust. So show me, who are you? Give me a name or a description. And it's funny because pretty much throughout this entire experience, there's been three solid guides with me. Um, one that feels like she's been with me, you know, the entire time. Um, and two that, uh, that actually are almost contradictions of each other. Like one is a little bit foul mouth. Um, uh, and the other is very like Southern gentlemanly. It's, it's really wild to like experience the difference, even in their energies. That's really cool. And so before I get into, cause I'd love to understand and have our audience understand what it's like to work with you and what a channeling or medium journey with you looks like. But, um, before we go into that, can we talk a little about those boundaries, right? So for anyone who is interested in this work or who wants to go into a session, how do you, especially because you are reading other people's energies, create those boundaries for yourself to not take in the negative or to not take in other people's stuff that doesn't belong to you? Yeah, that is a great question. And one, one that I've actually, I, at the beginning had to really work through, um, because part of my own human conditioning was to be sort of the, um, the, the support mechanism for everybody. And so I was taking on other people's energy from probably out of the womb, you know, and so to really retrain myself to not do that. Um, the first thing that I do, which is really powerful. And I do this before every session as I, as I say a little intention, which says, allow me to be the clearest channel I can be. So moving my thinking mind, ego mind, opinions, personality out of the way and allowing myself to really just be the channel. But the other piece of that is, is that I just continue to reaffirm that I don't own any aspect of anyone else's experience. So what, which can come across sounding a little bit cold for the work that I do, but I have no investment in whether a person hears the, the information that comes through, if they choose to do anything with the information that comes through. In fact, I retain none of it. So after a reading, I will have little bits and pieces of memory, but you know, hours later, nothing. And I'll have clients come back to me three or six months later and be like, in the last reading we did, and I'm, you know, I, I don't often say it, but sometimes I think I don't even remember like reading the first time and it's purposeful. You know, I, I consider it my psychic hygiene. It's like flushing everything through me um, and not holding on to any of it because it's not really my business. My business is to be like my instructions, my marching orders is to be the clearest channel that connects the greater consciousness, the infinite wisdom through to the infinite wisdom that exists within each of the clients that I work with or audiences that I work with, depending on the situation and, and just flowing like one direction, all of that information outward. So it really helps. I also have a really big um, movement practice. So every day I'm doing some kind of movement because I have found in my life experience that movement just helps to be, to keep everything go flowing. 
So nothing gets stuck. I don't, I, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of years unraveling a lot of stories that I've carried for other people. Um, and that was part of this idea doing this work. When I said the source, I'm not, I can't own all of this, you know, so help me find the way to continue to move it through so that nothing, nothing stays, but I have to be intentional about it. You know, it's amazing hearing you talk about this. It's specifically like within your story and your practice and your, and your work, um, and how it applies to you specifically also as a medium, but I'm, what I'm taking away too, is just really cool is, you know, these boundaries that you're talking about, these, these stories, these all literally like any human with any gift, like learning to be a human, right? Like it applies to anything. And I, I'm just like, yeah, that's, it's sort of the same thing, whether, whether it's setting boundaries with other people's energy or what they bring in or, or with someone in your family or your workplace mm-hmm. in, in physical form too. Yeah. It kind of applies in general, which is um like when you were just speaking about that, it made me think like, oh wow, what are the areas, you know, even in my life that I know I have certain gifts in certain areas, but what are the areas where I don't allow myself to like fully lean into those gifts because I'm not setting proper boundaries for myself. You know what I, do you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and you just yes. sharing that. I'm like, wow, this is so applicable to kind of everything. <laughs> we want to take a quick break from this episode to talk about today's sponsor, Ned. If you have listened to this podcast, then you know, I struggle with anxiety that can often lead to disruption in my sleep. When I first learned about CBD being a natural and powerful solution to anxiety, sleep disorders, muscle pain, headaches, and so much more, I became very passionate about finding the best source to put in my body. Enter Ned. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil is pure, potent, and the company shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process, all right there on their website. I use the products daily to support better sleep, reduced anxiety, and pain relief, and their hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. Right now, we are both really enjoying Ned's brand new product, which has been in development for over a year, the De-Stress Blend. The one-on-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp, and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Ned's quality also speaks for itself. Ned's products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on Courageous Wellness. If you want to try the new De-Stress Blend from Ned, a brand that we love and trust, we have a special offer for the Courageous Wellness audience. 
Every order over $40 qualifies for 15% off and a free de-stress blend sample. Go to www.helloned.com forward slash CW podcast or enter CW podcast at checkout to take advantage of this offer. That's H E L L O N E D.com slash CW podcast to get 15% off plus a free de-stress blend sample on any order over $40. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring our program and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find this information in our show notes. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. Whether you are a Patreon member in our nutrition community or a regular listener of the podcast, you know that Allie and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using seed for months and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am now devoted to taking seed every morning before food and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic, is vegan and gluten-free, and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. In addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, Seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet, which is pretty important. Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community. If you would like to order Seed Daily Symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, Go to seed.com and use Courageous15 at checkout for 15% off. Or click on the link in our show notes or the link tree on Instagram. Well, and it's key. You know, it was key for me because I really came from a background of boundary (laughs) lists, you know, sort of enmeshed codependency. And so having to learn how to set those boundaries. And it was almost, it was kind of cool because learning how to set those stronger boundaries in the spiritual energetic space Mm -hmm. has made the physical boundaries that I'm able to set here in my human experience that much stronger. So the two really worked together for me. Um, And I, I never realized how important boundaries were until I started to get into this work and, and understand the, the, not just importance, but the necessity for me mm. to have those boundaries. Yeah, that's really, it's really cool. Do you think that as you became more and more clear on your role that you wanted to kind of step into in this and feeling, trusting it more and more and trusting being comfortable talking about it, was was there difficulty in communicating that to anybody in your life or do you feel like it, it's sort of, 
Yeah, I guess, I guess that's, that's a, that's a question in and of itself. Was there difficulty yeah. communicating it to certain people in your life? Well, I would say one of the things that stopped me from being so public about this work at the, you know, at the onset of me realizing that this was the work I was stepping into was both, you know, I had this 20 year corporate career where people knew me, you know, as this leader in technology and, all, you know, and, and very left brain, you know, methodical thinker, you know, action taker. And I was like, oh man, what are they gonna, you know, think about me when this, you know, becomes public information? And then of course my family of origin, right? That was probably the bigger concern because I still had that old story in my head of like what was, what would they say? And would they uh, would they, you know, reject me or abandon me or shame me or you know, what whatever the case may be. And what was really funny was that when I first sort of came out of the intuitive closet um, and I had it online, so many people from my past corporate background like commented on LinkedIn and, you know, Instagram were like, of course you are, you know, like, are you the only one that didn't see that, that you had something else going on? And I was like, you know, that's so funny to me. And, you know, the universe, source, God, love, I mean, the way that they orchestrated my coming out to my family was so beautiful because we actually were sort of in this energetic crisis with my father and I had gotten involved. Um, it's a very long story, but we'll just say it was, it had to do with some souls that hadn't fully crossed over and my father would being sort of the target of it and something I had never experienced in all the work, all the time I was doing this work. And so I, I finally had to say to both my parents, like, this is the work that I do. And it was so beautifully received. In fact, um, I was, I can still see like standing in my mother's kitchen and she's like, all right, what's, what are you doing? What's going on? And I said, well, I'm, I do, I'm intuitive and I'm a medium. And I, and I just got this glimpse of this little girl standing next to my mom. And I said, you know, you have a little girl standing next to you. And she says, of course I do. I know exactly who that is. And I was like, what? Like, you know, and then having these conversations more openly, my father is so intuitive. He gets a lot of information in his dream state, you know, and now even today he'll call me and say, oh, I had a you moment the other night, you know, and it's so interesting how I had the story of what, what the way they were going to react. And yet I almost feel like if we had been able to talk about these things, you know, op more openly, um, even, you know, earlier in my evolution into this work, it would have, I would have felt, you know, would have helped me to feel better. Um, and yet how beautiful it is that I was able to come into that, you know, communion with them. And now they, I mean, they just fully embrace it. Um, mm. Yeah, which is so interesting. That's so cool. That's so encouraging to hear and just so beautiful as such a integral part of your journey too, I'm sure, like being fully exposed as yourself in front of, you know, your family. But um, yeah, and what you said about dreams too, I think dreams are where I explore and unpack the most. I always, I have crazy stories for another time that my friends know of like visitors and just, um, I'm actually now in the process of working through unpacking things. Like I ask questions before I go to mm -hmm. sleep so I can try to unpack in my dreams. Um, cause they are wild. And I know a lot of people 
feel that way about their dreams as well. But if somebody is working with you, what is that experience like? Like you mentioned, you you go in, you mentioned how you're able to protect yourself in the session, but how then do you work with other people? What can they expect to receive from a session with you? So primarily the work that I do um, is channeling the greater consciousness. Um, as I said, so I look at myself as the connector between the infinite wisdom of the universe and the infinite wisdom that we all have within ourselves. And so while every session is different, depending on what a client's intention is or desire is, it is um, really working through with the greater consciousness to bring through the messages, the information, the guidance, the validation that the client most needs. We talk a lot in the work that I do about these past beliefs, these stories we carry with ourselves, the ways that we block our forward motions most of the time without even knowing we're doing it. Um, the, The beautiful thing about working with the greater consciousness is that they put words to feelings that the client has that they haven't even been able to articulate, Mm -hmm. you know, or validate things like, Oh, I've been considering this. And then, you know, the greater consciousness like lines out exactly, you know, what they're being called to move towards. And Mm -hmm. so it's not fortune telling in that way. You know, there's no really portending the future. It's, it's about the snapshot time now. Like what do, what does the client need to know right now in this moment that will help them to move forward, to create momentum, to move things out of their experience that no longer serve them and Mm -hmm. to really come into touch with the with the who they are, with the capital T truth of who they are. Like that's really why we're all here, right? To find our way home to ourselves. And so that's a lot of the conversation we have is how do you form a deeper relationship with that truth? You know, the greater consciousness um, talks about something that they call the balance point. And the balance point is holding the human experience and the soul experience in the same moment. And that's, that creates wholeness, you know, too often. And it's a lot of it's conditioning either from our families or society where, you know, when we think about spirituality, it's about transcending the human experience to get to some level of enlightenment. And what the greater consciousness says is that when we're denying any aspect of ourselves, we're not in wholeness. And so while we may be evolving at some level, the fullness of what we're here to learn and know and explore and experience is hard to reach when we're denying an aspect of ourselves. So we really are all here to learn to be human and soul in the same moment. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually take it a step further and say that as we look at this sort of consciousness awakening, consciousness rising, the invitation of this personal responsibility of owning the all of who we are is the path forward for, for the global consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. It's so beautiful. You know, Ali and I both practice Buddhism and that's how we met. And it just reminds me, like, it's so interesting. The more we explore and have these conversations, it's like so many modalities are so fundamentally at their core, so similar. And it's just language and word, right? Like God, love, source, universe, whatever you prefer. But it's just so encouraging to hear how like the similarities and everything. Um, And I am curious, you know, as 
the holiday season is approaching. And so many people, I feel this time of year really, um, miss their loved ones who have passed or, and, or because of it, or just in general are dealing with a lot of stress. So how do you encourage people? How can you encourage if there are any tips you have for us listening to really tap into this part of ourselves to maybe connect with loved ones who have passed and deal with the stress of the season? Yeah. Oh, that is such a, it's such a great question. And I think I think each one of us in some way, shape or form experiences it when we get around the holidays and, and missing a loved one during that time is so, you know, it just adds to it. You know, the thing that I tell all of my clients and, and I, and I know this for my own self as well, is that when you're missing a loved one, when they pop into your mind, into your memory, they're there with you in that moment. There isn't any, this is how I'm shown. So I'll just, I'm going to qualify that. The way that I'm shown is that there's no need for ritual or, you know, certain steps or things that we need to do or put in place in order to connect. You know, the, uh, as I was saying, I just had this really beautiful mediumship reading with some clients this morning. And it's, and, and one of the things that was coming through was in the instant in the instant that we think about our, our loved ones, they're there in that moment, there's nothing we need to do. And so then it just becomes a matter of, can we open ourselves up to start to trust that, you know, and even take it a step further and make some, make some effort to have a, a conversation with those loved ones you know, whether it's in meditation or walking the dog or having a cup of coffee in the morning or driving in the car. I do a lot of communicating with my ancestors driving in the car. That's when they tend to show up. Um, but just to, to trust and then to, to, to lean into these conversations, whether out loud or just in your mind, it doesn't matter. And start to form that, that connection deeper and deeper. It does help it does create a salve. Is it going to fill what feels like a hole that their presence is missing here on the planet? No, but it does give another way to connect. You know, one of the things that came through this morning in my mediumship reading was don't look for where I am, where I was, look for where I am. This was the message from the loved one. And I think it's so applicable across. And that's not my, that's not my line. I've heard it before, but that's how it came through this morning, right? And it's like, oh, if I think about where my loved one is, well, they're energy all around me. There's no separation. Yeah. And so I think that again, it's just in that a, a lot of it is that first step to trust that it's real, you know, that when I'm thinking about them, they're thinking about me too. You know, when a memory pops up, you know, that memory was put, was, was put there you know, in collaboration with that loved one or that friend or that, you know, the person who's departed. And so as we trust it, more will come. And there is a sense of peace that can come from that knowing. Yeah. Thank you. That's, it's beautiful. And it's a good reminder. You know, it's something my mom and I were talking about, she, my step, my stepdad passed this year and, um, she, we were talking about missing and it's like missing 
it's like missing the physical form because we're in physical form. It's not necessarily missing because she's like, I feel him all around me. I feel him. But it's like what I miss is like my physical form missing his physical form. And yeah. it's like that doesn't go away. But but having the. I think the connection. You can still feel that. Oh, it's making me yeah. emotional. Think about you, it. You, yeah. you, you totally can. I just I mean, I'm just um processing through, um, an experience where my, my dog passed away suddenly, um, about a month and a half ago. And, um, and like the next day he was there, you know, and like so powerfully there. And it was, it was just undeniable, you know, and he shows up all the time. And in fact, with him is, is the dog that I had before him, you know, and it just reminds me how, you know, I was going to say how thin the veil is, but it's not even that, right. Mm -hmm. It's where, when I can look for them where they are, I always find them. Yeah. And yes, I mean, he was 110 pound, you know, hunk of hunk of love. Mm -hmm. Um, and his physical presence is so missed, but there is a piece that I get knowing that I can connect with him and many other loved ones. I have a whole line of them that, that show up all the time, including my grandma. Um, but it's there, there is something that's really powerful about that. And it's, there's a truth in it. And that's what I was just saying about trusting it. Mm. It's like, I feel it in my heart center in a way that's not my mind just making up a story, you know? And I think we all have access to that. Yeah. It's so beautiful and it's so comforting and it's really, I think it's really helpful. It's really helpful. And I guess my last question would be, because I know you've spoken about this through some of the research I have done, but do you have, um, just some grounding practices to deal with stress, some tangible tips we can take away as well to deal with stress right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I talk a lot about this kind of three-step process that I do every morning and I'll say, and I'll qualify that to say many mornings, um, cause it's not about perfection, right? I mean, I don't, it, it, that doesn't serve when we try to hold ourselves to an absolute, but as often as I can, as I'm waking up and kind of coming into conscious awareness that I'm awake, I just take five to seven deep breaths and just not anything, no intention setting necessarily, just like connecting into my breath. And then when I'm ready, I roll out of bed and I place my feet on the floor and I, and I just stop there. And I really feel like all sides of my feet, front, back, heels, toes. And for me, it's like dropping a pin. It's like, you are here. And it brings me into my body. It brings me into my, into the moment. And it allows me to start my day grounded. Now, this isn't sort of rescue grounding, which I'll talk about in a moment, but it's really like intentionally practicing grounding before anything in the day may throw me out of my center. I'm already starting with this intention of being grounded. And then when I feel like I'm really solidly in my physical body and connected to the present moment, I set an intention for the day. And and. I try to have this intention be felt sense. What do I want to feel? I would like to feel a sense of wonderment. I would like to recognize joy. I would like to see, you know, beauty, like whatever those things are, 
Um, but really keeping it in that felt sense, because there's something about connecting into the felt sense of our body that keeps us in that grounding place. And it's also the touch point back in. So it, during the day, then if I'm feeling a little ungrounded, I can immediately connect my feet back to that place where I am here and then remember the intention that I set and then look in around my environment for that. Oh, you know, I'm really looking to be surprised by beauty. <gasps> There's a hummingbird outside my window, you know, or, you know, I can smell the neighbors cooking breakfast or whatever it is, but it allows me that, that presence, right? And to me, presence and grounding are really very similar because often when we lose our presence, our connection to our present time is when our grounding can wobble. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's, um, yeah, it's an interesting and a good way to look at it. It's like, we're always taught to like be, or told to be present, be present, but like, what does that actually mean? And how do we do it in that moment? And, um, to have that kind of in intentional, but like practical thing to do yeah. is always, um, I think so beneficial. So prepaving your day, right? You yeah. prepave your day and it doesn't mean that you're going to stay on that course, but it makes it easier to come back, to come back. To, yeah. because now you've got this practice and, you know, the more you do it, it becomes, you know, like a muscle, like muscle memory. Um, yeah. And it becomes easier and easier to get to that place. Absolutely. And we're always talking about like deep breathing and getting into the parasympathetic nervous system response and, and that like the physical effects it has, it all like collectively works together um, yeah. in the body. So yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I would say just to add on that, you know, our bodies are the biggest antenna to our inner wisdom, to our intuition, to that infinite wisdom that we have within us. And so when we are present in our physical vehicles, we have much more access and easier access, ease and grace access to that inner knowing. Yes. So we often, we often do as humans forget that in, our body is a huge component to our entire experience, you know, and we're trained many of us to disconnect from our bodies from very early ages. Mm -hmm. um, and so this idea of dropping the pin and connecting into our physical vehicle is more than just grounding, right? It's connecting all of us into all of who we are as often as we can. Absolutely. Thank you. I think that's a good actually segue into the first of our wrap up questions that we ask all of our guests. Um, so the first one being on a daily basis, what does your self-care look like? And, um, maybe in addition to your morning practice and grounding practice that you just shared, is there, are there any non-negotiables you have for your day and taking care of yourself? Yes, there are. I, um, as I said earlier, I have a movement practice every single day and I listen to my body every day. So sometimes it's stretching and yoga. Sometimes I'm very lucky to live a half a mile from the ocean. And so I can get myself to the ocean and walk the beach if that's what I need. But I do kickboxing, Pilates, pole dancing. I'm a runner. And so I just kind of reach into my bag of tricks every day and say, what is it that I need? but I need to move my body every single day. And then I am also very intentional about water 
like drinking water, because I realize that especially when my days get busy, I tend to forget to put water into my body. And, and, and that is again, that part of that connection into the who that I am. So those are two, like my two things every day that I, I absolutely intend to do. (laughs) No, those are great. Thank you for sharing that. And the next question we always ask is what does being courageous mean to you? Oh, that's a juicy question. Um, you know, I would say for me, it is about feeling the fear and listening to my inner guidance anyway. You know, it's, it's recognizing the stories that I'm telling myself that want to keep me, you know, safe and, you know, sort of invisible uh, in certain situations and saying, I hear you, baby. I love you. I love this aspect of me that, you know, is still carrying these old survival stories. And I, you know, I know enough that when my soul is pulling me, it's a good idea to follow you know, and, but it doesn't mean that it's not, um, scary and it doesn't mean that it's, it's not hard for me to do it, but it's just that intentionality of saying, I I know that my inner being has my back and wherever I'm being led, it's for my highest good. Thank you. And then the final one is other than I know you have a couple of books that you've authored and co-authored yourself. Um, do you have any books that have meant something just to you, particularly to you that you would refer on any topic? Um, just yeah. Over the course of your life, do you recommend anything to our listeners? <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. If you could see my nightstand, <laughs> um, I, I would say my go-to book uh, lately has been, um, Elizabeth Gilbert's big magic. There is something about the way that she speaks and writes in that book and the things that she says that resonate so deeply with, with the information that I get from my inner wisdom and my inner being. And it's a great reminder, right? We're here to create, we're here to live these amazing magical lives. And how do we get out of our own way to do that? But she also takes it in practical ways, which my left brain just loves. Um, so that that book for sure. And then the recently, over the last probably eight weeks or so, the greater consciousness has been, and my guides have been feeding me this path of looking at trauma and tra- um, developmental trauma, not just for my own stories and unraveling my stories, but also for the clients that I've been working with. Um, and there's a book and I'm, and I apologize for not having the author's name in front of me, but the book is called mother hunger. And it is one of the best books that I've read that talk about where all of us as humans may feel as though, um, there were aspects of, of love and contact and developmental support that we may have feel, we may feel like we've missed based on all kinds of circumstances, right? The book is not a mother blaming book by any stretch, but it is about like, what were your first, you know, thousand days out of the womb like, and based on what, what parents, mothers, especially, but parents were being um, encouraged to do and not do bonding with children and how that then creates stories within our bodies that don't always Uh, reflect our truth. 
So really fabulous. It's like the high, I'm like highest, highest. It sounds incredible. I like I'm going to Google it right after this. Yeah. It sounds yes. It's truly. fabulous. And I was led to it such, in such a serendipitous way that, um, yeah, I'm actually reading it a second time. Like I read it through and now I'm like going back because it's like, there's so much juicy stuff to help me understand my own history. But also, like I said, it's as soon as the greater consciousness dropped this trauma subject into my awareness, then the people that are coming to me are getting the value of what I'm learning through how I'm being guided, which is what I love so much about doing this work. Super cool. Super cool. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing everything you've shared with us today. So if anyone wants to find you, work with you, buy your books, where can they do all of that? Yeah. The best place is on my website, uh, which is amywhite.co. Um, and on there, it talks about my books, my services, the community that I run. Um, it has all the links to my socials. I'm very active on Instagram. My Instagram handle is MZ Ms. Amy White. Um, and um, yeah, and I'm on Facebook and Twitter and all the all the things, oh, YouTube. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. Thanks again for joining us today. Oh, it's such an honor and a privilege to be here. Thanks. This was a great conversation. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.